Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. But before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Human Octane. If you're the kind of person who pushes the limit, then you've got to check out Human Octane Apparel. Training and racing apparel designed by OCR athletes, and these guys just get it. Everything they make dries lightning fast, has zippered pockets, is abrasion resistant in high contact areas without bulky padding. I've gotten to know these guys, and trust me, they're going to out-innovate the competition when it comes to OCR gear. Check them out at humanoctane.com. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. Hey guys, it's Richard, and I am back from Monterey. Recently attended the Monterey Super, covered by NBC. Just an amazing event, and I want to say congratulations to Hobie Call. And of course, Hunter McIntyre coming in second. An amazing effort on Hunter's part. Nicole Miracle pulled it out by hair, beat Lindsey Webster right at the line. And, of course, Alyssa Howley coming in just behind. Just a great event all around. Really enjoyed myself. Really appreciated having a chance to see a lot of the folks that have interacted with me over the years. And I also want to thank those of you that attended my carb party, put up with the cooking I, I had done by myself, and that I emphasized myself, cooked it, brought it up, served it up, don't look for it again. Don't plan on doing it. And I uh, also want to give a shout out to my new brother of the single malt, Mr. Stephen Hammond. Got a chance to meet him for the first time. We had a great time and just a tremendous amount of respect for him. We're hoping to have him on our show next week for those that are interested. And then, of course, the last thing I want to bring up before we get on to the question and answers, I want to promote our Vermont OCR Run Clinic that's coming up on July 22nd, 23rd. Incidentally, this is an amazing place to visit. We're going to be staying at the Cortina Inn in Killington with our host, Patrick Kitchen. Great guy. I mean to tell you, it's like being home. We plan on having a barbecue on Friday night. And those of you that are attending are welcome. And guess what? The barbecue is on us. We're going to cover the cost of that. We just want to have a little bit of a get-together with you guys before we get to work. Looking forward to that. And before I'm done, let me just say that the last clinic on the road trip this year will be in Phoenix. And that's coming up in November. You don't catch us in Vermont. You're going to have to catch us in Phoenix. If you can't catch us there, guess what? you got to come see me here in California. All right, so a while back, Miguel Medina and myself had conducted a Q&A session where we had put out some query on social media, asked some folks what kind of things they'd like us to discuss. 
The unfortunate end today is I do not have Miguel. He's busy moving and all kinds of crap he's going through right now as he's trying to uh, relocate to a new home in Colorado. So couldn't get him. And uh, I want to put a show up this week before the week is gone. And so here you got me. But anyway, the, uh, the questions that we were hammered with last time around, we weren't able to cover them all. And I thought, why not regurgitate a few of these questions? Those of you that for, thought I forgot you, I didn't. And I had them on a list. I saved them. And I'm hoping to cover some of these questions now. All right, the first question was really probably, from a technical perspective, one of the most interesting questions that we got. It was from Kieran McCormick. And he said... You had previously mentioned training grip strength, endurance using the same work rest ratios as used for lactate anaerobic training. However, when doing a dead hang hold, my heart rate does not reach anaerobic threshold, barely even reaching my aerobic threshold. My grip will give out long before these thresholds are reached. Basing this on the presumption that it is lactate accumulation in the forearms, that causes my grip to ultimately give out, and not something else, what heart rate can you use to quantify a suitable work-to-rest ratio? I told you it was a great question. And I think the answer is, first of all, you cannot count on heart rate in order to determine whether, in fact, this lactate accumulation is becoming excessive. What's going to happen is you're going to require a timeline to deal in. So how much time you're under this hypoxic state as you're contracting these forearms and your grip strength, you're going to find that this accumulation of carbon dioxide and this inability to, to draw more oxygen into the working muscle is what's going to basically cause the problem. And it's very similar but dissimilar in the fact that when you run or you exercise dynamically, what happens is the accumulation of lactate is a result of your inability to continue to take oxygen on. So it's this displacement of oxygen due to the ensuing production of lactate and thus carbon dioxide that is keeping you from continuing to move on. Now, in an isometric state, when you've gripped something very, very tightly, you're causing this very, very dense contraction in the muscles that are not allowing much transport of oxygen to those working muscles. And then what happens is like if I stuck you in a safe and locked the door, you're going to basically choke to death. You're going to become hypoxic and you're going to be drowning in carbon dioxide. And essentially what ends up happening with your grip is that your carbon dioxide levels go up because your lactate production is going up and all this stuff starts to shut you down. So the culprit is the same. It is lactate production that's causing you to give way. But at the same token, it is not a function of dynamic movement and you can't rely on heart rate for it. So what I would suggest you do is work on a ratio of rest and work that is manageable. And then make sure that you're allowing good recovery. So for example, if you're hanging on for 30 seconds, maybe you let go, shake it out, try to draw oxygen in 
uh, oxygen-rich blood back into the working muscles, maybe, say, two-to-one ratio. So if you're hanging for 30 seconds, maybe allow yourself even a minute or two to replenish that blood supply, let things kind of normalize, and then repeat the effort. And then with time, you're going to have a progression where you're trying to hold on longer and shorten up the length of time that you're able to recover, and then that's going to help to develop the ability to hang on for a greater length of time without fatigue. Whew. I know, complex question, complex answer. That's about the best answer I can provide you with right now, my brother. But thank you so much for asking, Kieran McCormick. Okay, so my next question was offered up by a fellow by the name of Brandon Jones. And he said that in your post a couple days ago, you said to be successful in OCR, you need to pick up heavy shit and run through challenging terrain. With that being said, I assume this would be one or two of your quality days per week with high intensity. Would you or how would you incorporate high intensity speed workouts along with these every week? All right, now, so that's kind of a mixed bag of questions. And let me do the best I can to try to answer that for you, Brandon. First of all, yes, I honestly believe uh, in the climate of the sport these days, you absolutely have to master your heavy carries and you have to master the climbs. And a lot of times these are conducted in tandem. The first thing you need to take into account when you're trying to decide what you're going to do, what day you're going to do it, and how much quality you're going to attach to it, you got to get back to your global approach to training and look at the needs, concerns you have for the events you're preparing for. Now, I like to see people conduct about 60% of their total training time in an aerobic state, meaning that you're going to get out and get some running done and try to improve your endurance. And there's no better way to do that than to keep your heart rate aerobic while you're running or whatever it is you're doing for that matter. 60% of your total training time. I did not talk about miles. And then your hill repeats are going to be sliced up, and I would suggest that that would represent about 20% of your total training volume. And then, obviously enough, the other elements of training, your strength work and what have you, are going to all be uh, strewn into your training week depending on what your life dictates to you, your job, your wife, whatever the circumstances might be. Let's take a moment and dissect the concept of hill work. In most events that you do, it's a rare occasion that you're going to be climbing for any longer, at the very greatest extent, an hour. There's going to be some undulating downhills. There's going to be some flat terrain. You're going to slow down to do obstacles. But from a standpoint of actually steady state climbing, it's going to be a very rare occasion where you're ever going to be called on to run solid for an hour up a hill. Now, I like to start out with short, high-intensity, long-recovery interval repeats. You could do this loaded you can do this unloaded, but I recommend that you use heart rate as a governor to determine that you're fresh enough to produce the next interval, as opposed to trying to attach yourself to a particular target heart rate on the climb. 
So in essence, what I'm saying is go hard as you can, probably a 45 second to a minute assault on the hill. Again, whether you're carrying load or otherwise. And then when you get to the bottom of the hill, you allow your heart rate to dictate that you're prepared to do it again. And I generally like to see people as a rule come down to about 120 beats per minute before they approach the work again. Now, having said that, as you start to get closer to the event, then you have to look at the specifics of that event. If you know that the climbs are going to be longer, if you know that there's going to be a lot of heavy carries involved for greater lengths of time, then you want to start extending the distance of the hills that you're climbing in these repeats. But at the same token, I would suggest that if you got on beyond a minute, a minute and a half, that's probably still long enough because it's the repetition that's going to really make you stronger. If you do an hour worth of hill repeats with the amount of recovery required, you're going to be plenty fine when it comes into most any event that you're going to be facing short of an ultra beast. And of course, depending on the terrain that you're facing. But for the most part, I like about an hour's worth of dedicated hill repeats. And believe me, brother, if you do it right, you're going to get plenty, plenty, plenty of work. And given that we talked about uh, how much time that you're looking at in a particular week, if you're looking at two hours based on a 10-hour work week, that's probably two solid training sessions within the week. Now, you also asked how you would do your speed work in this. Uh, and that, to me, is another can of worms because speed work is something I think that most athletes need to earn, not learn, earn. In other words, get to a place where your running mechanics are such that you take yourself to high-intensity speed. And then once that's done then your speed workouts could end up being your traditional type workouts where you're doing possibly 400 repeats, 200 repeats, ladders, whatever. And uh, I would suggest that that comes down to, depending on the nature of the event you're racing, I would say no more than about another two hours within the week. So that'd be about six hours with aerobic training, two hours worth of speed work, and about two hours with a hill. And uh, the rest of your time, which is pretty much none <laughs> is going to be dedicated to developing your grip strength and obstacle-specific events. Of course, you realize that I'm generalizing here, and of course, you need to be able to dedicate some time to your strength and your grip work and your technique work, but you fit it in. Just kind of take a look at what I'm suggesting to you, and the broad stroke here is that the majority of your work should be aerobic to develop your endurance and then you're going to slice up the pie to share the speed and task-specific strength and functionality as best you can where you can. Okay, the next question is by Jean-Pierre Sintard. I don't know how to pronounce it. I hope that's not butchering your name. If so, I apologize in advance. And his question is very similar to Brandon's. Uh, with the respect to training volume. And he's asking during the week what percentage of training time should be running and what percentage should be strength training and how many times a week should we be running. Now, that's that question is very unique to the individual. I think you must consider where you come from. If you come from a running background, you may need to dedicate more time to your strength training. If you come from a strength training background, you may need to dedicate more time to your running. It's just a function of what your weaknesses are and what your strengths are. 
But as I suggested earlier, I like just a global consideration is that about 60% of your training should be aerobic conditioning. It should be running. If I'm talking to a room full of people, I would suggest that about two to three hours a week is more than adequate dedication to your strength training. And I'm including your grip strength and your global functional strength. And for the most part, the rest of it comes down to how you manage terrain, whether you're going uphill, downhill, running on flats, going faster, building your endurance. Uh, all of that's going to be pretty much road work. So the lion's share of your training should, for the most part, regardless of almost who you are, should be dedicated to running. And if I said 60%, I think I'd be about spot on. Okay, so the next question was from Larry Caldwell. And he says... Dirt cheap runners have no tech and no toys. Maybe a tire for hill training. One Masters Spartan trains this way and podiums every week. What are your suggestions for us tightwads? Oh, Larry, Larry, Larry. So first of all, you got a lot of investment in the sport, okay? It doesn't take a ton of money to get yourself up to speed with the type of tools you might need. And you don't need much, you know. I mean, you could buy a rec bag. You could buy, you know, these uh, sandbags. You could make your own. But at the end of the day, your body doesn't care what kind of a load you're having to carry. For that matter, you could cut a piece of log and carry up the mountain with you if you like. But you know the sport, Larry. You've been around a long time. It comes down to how well you manage these hills, how strong you are on these carries, what your descents look like. And I haven't talked enough about that. Descents are where a lot of guys get beat down. I was at the, the Monterey Spartan this past week, and I got to tell you something. Hobie Call was chewing the guys up by his blistering fast descents. Doesn't require any tools. All you got to do is work on your ability to get down these hills. So I guess my suggestion for the tight wads, if you're going to be called one, is to get out there and put the work in. You could load a bucket up. I mean, you could you could buy a bucket at Home Depot for, I don't know, I think I got a bucket for about four bucks. And wherever you decide to show up, you could fill it with dirt, make it heavy as you like, and do your interval repeats with a bucket of sand. That's pretty much it, man. I don't know what else to tell you. You don't really need anything fancy. I'm trying to think what the tech toy might be. I mean, clearly I've got some cool toys, but uh, I'm in the business, you know, so... Uh, as a competitor, I think invest in a bucket, invest in some sandbag, and uh, go out and have a good time. Okay, so this is the last question. Got a fellow by the name of Daniel Little, and he says, I've run a 100-mile race, a mountain marathon, and a road marathon all in one month. I've done too much too soon and didn't give my body the time to recover. What would you suggest for rest and why should I or what should I do to tighten up the ligaments in my knees? I have zero pain, but they feel a little loose and clicky, almost like they're about to come out of place. <laughs> oh man, Daniel. Yeah, first of all, I agree with you. You did too much in one month. Uh, I don't know what you were thinking, but that's a ton of work to do in a single month. Now, your body sounds like it's pretty beat down, and recovery to me, 
I think for the most part, and I don't know, well, at this point, this has probably been a while. I'm a little late in coming to you with a response. But let's just assume that this was last month for you and you're still beat down. What I would have done is just taken time off completely. Get a massage, find yourself a jacuzzi, maybe a cold plunge, and maybe get a little body work. But for the most part, no active recovery. I wouldn't do anything for a few days. Rehydrate, feed yourself, try to give your body some repair, get a ton of sleep. And then after that, I would progressively get back to work, maybe do some cycling. And if you have access to a pool or a place to swim, I would get some swimming done. But the last thing I'd want to do for a while is run. I'd give that some time because you did. You really did a little bit too much work and uh, you need to recover. Now, as far as this noise in your knees, the clicking, yeah, I've heard that before. That's generally ligaments that are riding across bone. But the idea that your ligaments, tendons are getting loose, I've got some bad news for you, brother. You can't tighten up your ligaments. If they're lax, the only way they're going to get tight again is if you have them surgically shortened. You just can't do it. Your ligaments are, and all your connective tissue for that matter, have a very strong limitation to how much change in length that they can create. So a little nervous about your knees, but I, I think the, the, the ticket for you is just to make sure you get some rest. All right, so that's kind of a wrap. I uh, apologize for going solo. I know it gets boring if that's all you have to do is listen to me, but uh, I wanted to get some stuff out to you this week and also remind you that Got a couple great shows coming up next week, and I have a couple things I'm not going to talk about just yet, but I think are going to be a lot of fun. And as I had mentioned on social media, I'm working on a book, which is one of the reasons why I've been preoccupied, and I hope to get that out this month. The topic of that book is going to be entitled Training the Dark Side, focus being how to develop race pace abilities, and it's going to be specific to OCR athletes and uh, I've been working on this for years it's just taken me a long time to get to the place where I can actually get it into a consolidated effort and get it out to you I liken writing a book to going on vacation and you've got one suitcase and you have all these things you want to bring with you and it's probably too much stuff and not enough trip for it so it's just really hard for me to try to consolidate my thoughts into one effort. And uh, that's kind of been the hiccup. And uh, obviously, I don't know if that's my cross to bear. But anyway, looking forward to some great stuff next week. And if you've not done it already, go to naturalrunningcoach.net. Find out if, in fact, you can still register for the Vermont Clinic. And if you can't get that one, then you're going to have to look at Phoenix. And if that isn't working for you, you can always make an appointment with me here in California. I'd be glad to meet you. Thanks, folks. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.